Welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I am your host and this is my podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by holistic business coach, Ray Rose. So here's what Ray does. Ray helps conscious entrepreneurs launch and scale their companies. I've gotten advice from Ray before. She is completely thoughtful, deep, and all-encompassing when it comes to giving you expert, incredible advice about how to jumpstart your business and go about the business that you want to flourish in the best way. So here's the deal. First of all, you should already schedule an appointment by going to zenbossacademy.com. Follow her on Instagram at I am Ray Rose. But here's the deal. All right, let me break this down for you. Whether you're a wellness entrepreneur, whether you're a coach, a therapist, if you have a tangible product like uh, health food or a clothing line, what Ray does is she helps you navigate all of the roadblocks, uh, like from social media to email lists, your website, landing your ideal client, all the things that you want to line up in a row and you want to get sorted and, and just thrive at. She assesses all of that. She gives you incredible expert advice. And uh, yeah, she holds your hand and aids and walks you through all of the nitty gritty of uh, building an empire, if you will. So here's the deal. So she has such a strong business background. And again, you can find out all about her on zenbossacademy.com. But what her, her genius is, she's a master at crafting your purpose-driven mission and brand voice to generate abundance through a personalized strategy that works for you. Let me repeat that in case all that information is not landing in your brain. She just hones in on what your purpose is, what it is you're trying to do, and uh, and she breaks it down into palatable, straightforward, uh, you know, what the crux of what you're trying to do is, what your brand voice is, what your mission is, so you can thrive in your business. She helps you create a personalized strategy for your business. Who doesn't want that? That's very exciting. I could definitely use more of that, and I might have to book my own session again with, uh, with Ray. Anyway, so her approach is this. It's super functional. She provides a sustainable road to success rather than this whole uh, idea that traditional kind of... Uh, business coaches give you, which are, it's like, keep hustling, hustle, 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 sleep less. This is what you got to do. What she does is she teaches you step-by-step step how to monetize your brand, increase your sales, outsource and scale. Cause it's really important to know how to delegate because you can't burn yourself out. If you burn yourself out, it's like the saying, you got to put the, uh, the oxygen mask over you before you put it over your baby. Cause if you don't take care of yourself, you're no good to anyone else. So she teaches you how to keep, take care of yourself, be true to your goal, what your brand mission is, what your business uh, intent and goal is. And uh, she helps you thrive. I don't know how to say it any other way. Uh, she provides a proven framework to develop more trust within yourself. So you, you become a decisive, clear, and empowered leader. Because it's so important you don't doubt yourself. You have to listen to your intuition. You have to be clear on what you want. You have to have that clarity. You can't be looking to your left and to your right being like, what are other people doing? Oh my God, you can't be second guessing yourself because that, that kills you. So she helps you hone in and uh, achieve that clarity within yourself to make you strong and empowered, get your self-worth up and all that. And uh, yeah, so if you're ready to launch your business and you're looking to level up, baby, and why wouldn't you be? 
Book a coaching session with Ray. I have. You will not regret it. She serves clients all over the world via Skype. And again, you can find her at zenbossacademy.com. Definitely follow her on Instagram at I am Ray Rose. And uh, you won't regret it. I didn't. I don't. Anyway, now that we got that out of the way, because that's very exciting and empowering, here's more inspiration for you and your palate. My guest today is Tabitha Denholm. Tabitha is the founder of Women Under the Influence, a.k.a. Woody. Uh, Women Under the Influence, a.k.a. Woody, is a collective to support female directors. And now Tabitha has curated a film festival. It's called Woody Goes Idlewild. And uh, the entire film festival is designed to celebrate cinema directed by women for everyone. The film festival, the first festival, hopefully of many, uh, is Friday, September 20th to Sunday, September 22nd. I think I'm going to be there. I should be there. It's in Idlewild, which is just a a haven, just an inspirational, beautiful, lovely haven. Uh, It's going to be super fun, incredibly inspiring. Uh, I'm going to go just to write and watch movies and, and see friends and just, yeah, completely just get inspired, lose myself in movies, and I hope to see you there. And if you want to go, and uh, why wouldn't you? It sounds like a fucking dream. Go to WoodyGoesIdlewild.com and follow them on Instagram at WoodyGoesIdlewild. All right? If you know what's good for you, you're welcome. I'll see you there. Um now, quickly, what, what did I get up to this week? I hope everybody out there had a lovely Labor Day weekend. I went to Malibu. I like to go to a, this little beach in Malibu. It's called Escondido. It's my happy place. Uh, that was a blast. I think I got sunburned. I noticed some sunspots. I'm not happy about that, but I'm, I'm, I'm just going to stop talking about it. I'm going to put that out of my mind. Uh, I used SPF 150. Oh, no. That doesn't, even, that doesn't even exist. I should I should create that. I used SPF 110, SPF 100. I still managed to get burned. Very irritating. Uh, anyway, uh, so that was lovely. I don't know why I feel the need to tell you this, but uh, the other day, and this has nothing to do with Malibu or Labor Day weekend, but over the weekend, over the weekend, I returned a pair of jeans from Madewell, as one does. I do like Madewell. I like to buy high-waisted 10-inch uh, high-rise waisted denim from Madewell, and then I get it tailored. Not to toot my own horn, but sometimes people will DM me on Instagram, at Alexi Wasser. I definitely think we should all be friends on Instagram if we're not already. Anyway, that aside, um, people will DM me and they'll go, where did you get your jeans? And, you know, I do say Madewell, but what I forget to say sometimes is that I get all of my jeans tailored. That's this new adult treat that I've given to myself. I get my jeans, whether they're vintage Levi's or whatever, I get them tailored to my body so that they fit me like a glove or just, you know, better than they would if I just bought them off the, uh, the shelf. Anyway, um, so I buy this pair of jeans from Madewell. I'm going to get them tailored, but you know what? They just fit me like garbage. They weren't like what I expected. They weren't like the last pair of jeans I bought, even though they're supposed to be the exact same pair of jeans. I go to return them to Madewell and, uh, you know, feeling good. It's a casual day. I'm at the Grove. I'm waiting in line. I get to the front of the line. The lady's like, oh, how can I help you? I'm like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. This is not like me. Of course, I'm apologizing out of the gate. 
I don't really mean the apology. I'm just doing it to be, uh, you know, charming. It's not because I have low self-worth, but I probably do. But anyway, I really don't want to explore that right now. Anyway, uh, I go, oh, these just aren't, weren't to my liking. They weren't what I expected. They don't work for me. I have to return these jeans. She's like, no problem. And I was like, oh, thank you. What, a, what an easy peasy dream you are. And she goes, are you a Madewell insider? And I went, I don't know. Am I? She's like, you're a Madewell insider. And I was like, oh my God, thank you. I was so flattered. Oh my God, she knows. I must have Madewell insider written all over my face. And then I paused and I went, wait a minute. Is everybody a Madewell insider? And she was like, pretty much, yeah. I was like, oh. And I was crestfallen. I felt so special. I felt like I was walking around the Grove and I had entered Madewell and I just had some kind of spark to me, just some kind of star quality that just screamed Madewell Insider. And then it turns out everybody fuck every fucking just, you know, run of the mill, what have you is a Madewell Insider. So that was a little bit heartbreaking. But anyway, I got my full refund, which is all I really wanted. And uh, I did perk up for a second before my heart sank back into my stomach where it belongs. And I just felt the need to tell you that because I was just so excited. I couldn't explain it. I was just so excited and embarrassed for myself how much it meant to me to feel like there is a spotlight shown upon me, if only for a moment, at Madewell, at the Grove, being like, you got it, girl. Are you a Madewell? You're a Madewell insider. I was like, holy shit, I've been seen. Somebody understands how powerful I am, how how much value. I didn't even mean to say powerful. Somebody sees my worth. Somebody's seen me. Oh my God, that's all I wanted. All I've ever wanted was to be seen and accepted and understood. But it was all a sham. Anyway, so that happened this week. And uh, I'm about to do something very exciting that I want to tell you about. I, so I offer, these, I offer this service called Big Sister Sessions. I've said it before. I'll say it again. But if you've never heard this podcast, I'm going to explain it. Uh, I offer this, these things called Big Sister Sessions where I uh, essentially serve as a big sister via Skype. At first, I, I'm like, uh, at first, I only offer them to women. And now I offer them to men and women. And uh, what happens is you click the link in my bio on Instagram at Alexi Wasser, you schedule a session, and then uh, via Skype, I serve as your therapist big sister, and you tell me everything and anything that's going on in your life, you rattle off all the nuances of your spiral and your turmoil, whatever it is. If you're feeling alone, if you have no one to talk to, if you just want a third-party person who doesn't have any preconceived ideas about you or your situation or your girlfriend or boyfriend or your relationship or your relationship with your family or friends or what have you, or you need business advice or just like just direction and you're in school and I don't know, whatever it is you're going through, because I've dealt with it all because I've done a million of these sessions. That's what a big sister session is. I listen to everything and I give you advice. I give you homework. I give you action steps and tools to solve the problem and to help you flourish and to help you get over the hump and get to the other side of all the turmoil that, you, that you're going through. And, uh, and then you leave feeling uh, lighter, calmer. You feel like maybe your problem has been solved and now you have the tools to deal with it and it just feels a little bit less heavy and you feel a little bit less alone. And uh, yeah, so it's like a therapy sesh provided by me who did not go to college, is completely unqualified uh, to give you uh, any kind of advice, even though I give great advice. How dare you? And uh, it's like you're hanging out with your best friend, Big Sis, a.k.a. me. And uh, that's what a Big Sister session is. So now I have 
created a new, a spinoff, if you will, of the Big Sister Session. It's called Big Sister... Oh, God. Let me take that back. <clears throat> it's called... They're called Big Sister Couples Sessions. Now, a friend of mine said, can't you come up with a better name? And I was like, first of all, how dare you? That's a great name. I'm keeping it on brand with Big Sister Sessions. It's self-explanatory Big Sister Couple Sessions. And uh, yeah, so what they are, if I must explain, uh, it's a Big Sister Session for couples. And uh, because a lot of, you know, I also, I, I could do them for friends, uh, you know, friend sessions. Basically, if you're having a hard time communicating and you're in an argument or you just need clarity and you're trying to communicate with somebody and having a difficult time doing so, it's a two-hour session. I start with both of you. I talk to each of you individually. And I talk to both of you individually twice. Once where I talk to each one of you and I find out, what the hell is going on, I assess the situation, what it is that you want to tell the other person, what your issues are, and then I communicate those issues one-on-one in individual sessions with both of you. And then at the end, we do a group session, all three of us, and I help both of you understand what the other person wants you to understand, and then I leave you with tools so you can better communicate in the future without me, you know? Because communication is so hard. People hate doing it. I love communicating. All I want to do is communicate. I communicate too much. I'm nonstop communicating to the point where people are like, stop it. Start doing things called big sister sessions or big sister couple sessions. So you shut the fuck up and stop communicating with me is what my friends or boyfriends may have said to me in the past. Anyway, so yeah, let me over communicate and over articulate in a way that helps others. And that's what these sessions are all about. So click the link in my Instagram bio at Alexi Wasser. Um, or just DM me on Instagram and we will set up an appointment. And uh, I'm about to do my first one right after uh, I record this this here podcast intro. So I'm very excited. If it goes well, I will continue to do them. Uh, if there's interest in them from you, the listeners, if you're hearing this and you, th- you think, wow, that sounds great. I want one of those. Please let me know because I, I do these things because, you know, people want them and, uh, there's a need and desire for this service. So please let me know. And then hopefully if I enjoy this first big sister couple session, I will want to continue doing them anyway. Um, so there you go. You got all that information. I'm very excited. Uh, I got to get ready. I got to put my makeup on. I got to meditate. I got to get, uh, get settled. So I'm, uh, and I haven't been drinking for nearly a month, which is fantastic. It makes me a lot more clear headed and happier. I'm not saying I'm perfect. Nobody's perfect. There's no, just, there's, there's no such thing. As I fumble trying to say, there's no such thing as perfect. Um, but yeah, the clarity from not drinking. And man, do I love alcohol. I went to a party yesterday and I was like, you know what? I'm going to drink. I'm going to give up all these days because I'm not in the program. I'm not an alcoholic. I was, I was just doing it because I want my Prozac to work and give myself the best chance and to just avoid bullshit. It just really simplifies your life not to drink because you're not hungover. You don't get reactive. You don't get in fights or you don't get really, uh, what's the word? Overly sensitive to things that maybe wouldn't bother you had you not been drinking. Anyway, so I really enjoy the simplification. What? I really enjoy the simplification of life not drinking. But last night I thought, you know what? I'm going to a birthday party. I'm going to have one vodka grapefruit. No big deal. 
you know what? I ordered it. Didn't take one sip. Felt great. I'm so glad I didn't drink. Anyway, and that's just going to make me better during this big sister couple session that's coming up. Anyway, all that aside, I do want to say next week, I have a great episode for you. I will be talking to financial coach Caroline Snyder. So look forward to that because I think it's so important that we talk about how to be smarter with money. I feel like people don't like talking about money, religion, politics, sex. Those are like the top four things people have a discomfort about talking about. What? Maybe it's too early that I'm recording this podcast intro. Maybe maybe I need another sip of coffee. Um, Yeah, but I feel like those four things are hard for people, some people, to talk about. But fuck it. We're going to... We're going to talk about it. We're talking about money and tips and tricks to be better with your money and how you have to look at what your goals are and what it is you really want uh, and what you're trying to save for and like what would make you happy. Anyway, you'll hear it on the episode. It's really great and it's very helpful for me. So if I enjoyed it, I hope you enjoy it. Anyway, let's all definitely be friends on Instagram at Alexi Waster. Subscribe to the Love Alexi podcast on iTunes, rate the show, leave a comment, and I'm doing something new. Everybody, whoever you are, wherever you are out there listening, please send me, email me your voice notes to play on the podcast, all right? Be they questions, comments, what have you, email them to me at dearlovealexi at gmail.com and I will play them on the show. I think this would be so great. I need to start doing this. It's going to reinvigorate the show. I want to just be talking to all of you and I want to hear your voices. It's, it's more powerful than me reading your emails. And if you want to be anonymous, just don't say your name. Don't say anything in the voice note that you wouldn't want to have played on the, on the show. All right? So send me your voice notes to dearlovealexi at gmail.com. Uh, I'll tell you more later. I booked a, a three-day silent retreat I'm going to go to. For, for brain clarity on my part. I'm excited about that. I went to the Alamo Draft House in uh, downtown Los Angeles. If you're from LA, if you live in LA, if you're going to visit LA, definitely check out the Alamo Draft House. It's a movie theater. It's such a fun experience. Uh, you can order from your seat. And I usually don't like people just eating anything in a movie theater. I think it's fucking disgusting. But uh, it's a decadent, fun experience. Go see a matinee and bring a friend, go on a date, what have you, play video games, go to the bar, uh, check out the, all the movies they have that you can rent. It's just very exciting. And uh, they show fantastic films. I just like to give a little bit of a recommendation every episode, something to, you know, something to try. Anyway, all that being said, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with founder of the Women Under the Influence Collective and the upcoming Woody Goes Idlewild Festival, Tabitha Denholm. Hello. Hi. Oh my God. We're podcasting. Second time on the Love Alexi podcast. Tabitha is here. Whoop, whoop. Oh my goodness. And you brought your doggy. Saying nothing. Minky, okay. don't be so shy. Minky, I can't believe it. Give us a little vel- velociraptor growl. Minky? All right, this is very exciting because I've been wanting a dog or I wonder something. I this podcast is going to be as controversial and radical as last time. As, oh, my God. Last time, whatever. We're different. I'm a different person. And we're, all, we're both different, kind of. I'm so much older now. Oh, no, you're not. So am I. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm medicated and still 
insane. Um, <laughs> You're medicated. Medicated. Oh, yeah, I, I started taking Prozac. Because you didn't want to get too excited about the podcast. No. Like, I'm, I just need to take the edge off. No, I'm always excited about the podcast. No, I'm on Prozac. Controversial. Maybe it is controversial to say that because I was so uh, anxiety-ridden. Is it weird to say Prozac seems retro now? Yes. You know what? I went on Zoloft and I was like, Zoloft. Okay. That's kind of like a newish kind of like drug. And then they're like, we're bringing out the big guns. We're bringing out Prozac. And I was like, whoa. And then it made me think of Prozac Nation and that book and the drug movie. companies just invent new drugs to avoid their patents going uh, national. Oh, I have no idea. So if you, you know, because after a while, a patent has to go. I'm American. I, I say patent. Common... Oh, yeah. But yeah, but no, no, you're British. It's a common usage, so they just try and like help people on different drugs. Well, so I don't they know. Have monopolies on them. That could be completely true. All I know is my body's responding different to this, and there's a lot, like, they're slightly different because you have to like try on things. And I used to be so anti all that stuff, but then I was like, got so low. I was like, I gotta try something. Ah, but anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm different this podcast, kind of. Anyway, I've always said I'm nervous of any drug you have to take in the morning. In the morning? If you've been to sleep. Why? Like, well, I mean, but this is a whole different thing. I'm oh, yeah, not, you can take it. I don't have any, uh, of course, any judgment or educated opinion, but I prefer, if I'm going to take anything, it's like, it's at night. Dark. You're allowed to take it at, dark, at nighttime. You're totally allowed to take it at nighttime, too. I have a different pill I take then. Oh, yeah. God. Because I don't, I, don't th- I don't have a thyroid, so I have to take Synthroid because I had thyroid cancer, so they had to remove it. This is a controversial podcast. My mom had her thyroid removed. She did. Okay, we need to keep the mic by your mouth or else oh. I'll miss all the important gold. Oh, no, don't, no, that's not true. She had a pituitary gland removed. Okay. Which, anyway, we digress. Shout out to your mom. Oh, goodness. No, you're putting on a whole film festival. You're putting on, uh, what is it, Women Under the Influence? It's called... It's Women Under the Influence is the organization we've been running for the past four years, doing screening, celebrating cinema directed by women, because um, I had noticed that my peers in the industry had quite a shocking lack of knowledge about women filmmakers. And, you know, there's a, you know, well known history of women being kind of written out of the canon in all kinds of in science and, you know, you name it. And obviously in film as well. And that uh, kind of lack of knowledge feeds into the unconscious bias that, you know, if you can't see them, if they aren't famous doing it, probably it means it's because they can't do it. And even um, people who would think that they are very sort of progressive in their thoughts, um, you know, can't help but internalise that somehow, you know, with that lack of visibility. And obviously that goes for race and other kind of marginalised groups. I mean, it's funny with women because they are an actual majority, but, you know, it's... uh, Should I edit that out? No, just kidding. I'm just kidding. What did you say? I said, should I edit that out? No, just kidding. No, but they are marginalised, even though the majority... so long. I know. (laughs) Um, So, anywho, there's all these amazing stories about women who have made films and they tend to be so fascinating because you know especially historically for a woman to make a film they had to slay a dragon climb a mountain and do tons of other stuff to get their voice out there and so often their stories are just as interesting as like the films they make and I was excited to tell those stories and I get such a thrill when you see a good film made by a woman because it's it's a different kind of experience a different kind of identification the the 
women characters tend not to be symbolic and reduced in the same way they are when men make films. I mean, this is a general, very generalised sweeping comment, but that does tend to be the case that uh, in traditional cinema, men are, you know, they still have a symbolic value, but they're, they're these sort of more rounded protagonists and women stand for something you know, they're like the mother, the lover, the, the, the person that facilitates the action of the main protagonist. So when you see a film directed by a woman, you're like, oh, I feel, I feel this character. It's not a symbol of something I don't identify with. Well, what made you, you already had the organization. Yeah. And then. Why the first? This is, I mean, how did it morph? It just seems like it's a natural evolution it sounds stressful and you're doing it. Myself. I love it. No, I mean, I know it must be so much work. And, and I, wanna, I want you to tell me, like, uh, who's speaking, what movies you're screening, uh, every detail and aspect of it, when it is. Get it out there. Well, there's actually uh, three of us organizing the festival because I've been doing these screenings at Noy House uh, in Hollywood. For a long time. For how long? For how like many? four years. Four yeah. years. And it's, you know, Noy House is a private workspace, but the screenings are open and free to anyone. Oh, wow. You just have to follow us on Instagram and... And uh, sign up and get the mail mailing list and RSVP. So and your Instagram is Wooty. Yeah, women under the influence. Or now Wooty goes Idlewild. I'm so excited. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. So two different Instagrams. Well, one for the festival. Okay, great. Okay, just making that making that clear so people can press follow immediately. Keep going. Wooty W U T I goes Idlewild. I love it. So Meredith. Is the cultural programmer at Neuhaus. And then uh, another friend, Laura Rawl, who's a beautiful creative director. She comes from sort of Dazed and another, you know, magazine land. So we all kind of got together. We fell in love with Idlewild. Like Meredith went up there. We always have this running joke. You kind of go to visit Idlewild and then you just sort of get trapped there. You're like, I'm just going to stay and have some French onion soup and a martini and like maybe just go for a stroll. And why do we have to go back? You know, what is it about? Idlewild. Well, what the kind of fun thing about Idlewild is like, there's nothing to do. <laughs> oh, yes, you just watch movies and eat. Yeah, and drink. it's like, it's got this great kind of, because there isn't like a huge kind of mountain or, I mean, it's gorgeous nature. You know, it's a sort of a, a reserve, a park, national park all around it. So you've just got this town on a mountain and then just nature, gorgeous. But there's no like really famous the climb. There's no skiing. But that's meant that it's really stayed intact and, and kooky and very much its own place. And you really get a sense of that. It's not just there for tourists. Um, it doesn't have any kind of broy element or anything. Good. Know. It's just yeah, this town and the town and the people in Idlewild are really open to like they're really into like jazz and movies and live so much live music all the time yeah. everywhere you go and it they've kept their cinema running since the 40s and they also have a very kind of well-known art school that i'm sure a lot of people will recognize or been to summer camp there or been to art school there in the summer what's it called it's called idle wild arts it used to be called isomata and um it started with this great intention of just being this kind of great resource it's a kind of beautiful school where people from all around the world gather it's a boarding school a high school like shepherd ferry went there and all these different interesting people and um they have a very 
cool uh, film department. And we've been visiting them for like a couple of years now. We like went up to judge their end of year film competition and whatever. So it's quite rare to have a, a, a tiny, well, quite a small town with a cinema, uh, an art school, and this, they have a beautiful outdoor amphitheater that they've just built oh my god and it's all kind of in walking distance from each other and you just get a gorgeous little cabin and it's not expensive and you know and then we have an amazing group of speakers and filmmakers all coming to this town for this weekend what is the weekend so so the weekend is september 20th so it's coming around it's coming around so friday september 20th yeah, so it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, okay. so September 20th to 22nd, and we start kind of Friday afternoon with a beautiful local indie movie called Mother's Little Helpers by local legend Kestrin Pantera. Amazing! And I really loved, I just wanted to start with that film because it's a film made by a community of comedians and writers, and it sort of embodied that community spirit, but we wanted to make the festival feel like a kind of living magazine or a music, more like a music festival in that there's all these different kinds of experiences that you could have over one weekend. So to give an example of the programming on Friday, I think which gives a good sense of the, the mad scope of the fest. So we start with this great kind of local Los Angeles indie movie. Then Penelope Spheris, who famously directed Wayne's World and the kind of Western Civilization trilogy, legendary punk badass she's coming to show her early short films from the 70s oh my god you cannot see these films anywhere you, you have to literally go to ucla go into a vault where they lock it behind you and then you get to see these these wild films that really resonate with sort of you know they're about trans issues they're about identity they're about um you know, kind of almost like nihilistic ideas about, you know, the sort of threat of, um, you know, government ineptitude. So they're very sort of chime with the, this current mood, but they're from the 70s yeah. and kind of wild. And if only someone gave women a chance to tell their stories then, they would have been ahead of the time. What's that? Yeah. I said if anybody gave them, a t- if only people had given them a chance to tell their stories then. Yeah, well, it's funny with history curve. like that because it's actually quite cyclical. You know, people do tell them and then they kind of oh yeah get you're forgotten right and then it comes back and and then um so her shorts and then we're showing losing ground which is the first film ever made by women of color in america the first fictional feature and it's so cool it we, uh kathleen collins the director um she just wanted to make this film and it, there was an incredible amount of resistance to it at the time when did she make it? I'm trying to... And you're going to ask that now. I'm like, what's the year? Fuck. It yeah. was the end of the 70s. Uh, no, uh, maybe it's 1982. That's all right. No, you're fine. Um, and, but way later than you would expect. You know what I mean? You're like, was that really when the first uh, film by like an African-American woman happened in America? Um, and she, you know, she was a, a professor and an intellectual and she wanted to make a film about her world and you know the industry was very resistant because they were like we kind of want our african-american stories to be about like gangsters the ghetto you know what i mean like you know these sort of stereotypical uh boxes that they wanted to put kind of like a race issue film into you know and she's like i just want to make a film about a woman in 
that reflects my experience. Yeah. And they're like, we don't want to see a film made by a, a black woman intellectual. But but she made it, you know. How did she make it? I guess we find out at the festival when we hear we'll it. Find can, out. And she her daughter, deep? well, she sadly passed away. Oh, but her daughter is really responsible for uh, bringing this film back into, you know, uh, sort of cultural discourse. And it's finally kind of, however many years, 35 years later, getting that recognition. And it's such a cool film. Oh, and my I God. Love it. I mean, the styling is amazing. You want it. It's like, it is a style guide. It's, it's just a really great movie. And how did you, well, who else is, is speaking? What other movies? Oh gosh, there's so many. It's like, so that's like Friday, and then we're showing Orlando by Sally Potter, just a nice, beautiful outdoor screening of that in the woods. On Saturday, we've got people like Karen O from the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs and Diane Warren talking about uh, the art of making music for film. We've got a theme called LA Stories because, you know, thematically LA, you know, and I love LA. I'm fascinated by LA history. Um, on one hand, the Hollywood story tends to dominate uh, people's perception of film in Los Angeles. I mean, unsurprisingly, it is the story that built the city. But there's also so many other stories in Los Angeles um, that reflect this sort of diversity and sort of strangeness and interesting, fasc fascinating aspects of the city beyond that Hollywood story. And the canon of, you know, classically Hollywood films is all are all directed by men in the kind of official canon. If you Google, like, films about Los Angeles, it'll be, like, Chinatown, you know, yeah. all, the, all the sort of classics. But there are all these amazing films directed by women about Los Angeles that get kind of sidelined. So I really wanted to shine a light on that, celebrate that. Um, so on Saturday, we got a kind of theme, LA Stories, which includes stuff like uh, Agnes Varda, had a whole kind of California period. And obviously we have to celebrate Agnes Varda this year. I know. She and passed so away how many months ago? The legend. Oh, boy. And, um, you know, she made films about the Black Panthers and uh, all sorts of things. But she made one film that I've been in love with for many, many years. And that's almost like the spark. It was definitely the first film I wanted to show called Lions, Love and Lies. Okay. And okay. It, most people have never heard of it. It's, like, it's kind of, one of not one of her, like, Big ones, one of her bangers. Yeah, no one of her bangers. <laughs> and um, which is funny as it's so California. What's it know? called? Lions Love. Lions Love. And Lies. And Lies. In parentheses. All right. all right. Okay. To your all brackets, as we would say in England. Oh, all right. Listen. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and it's about, it's, it's, it's Agnes's take on the kind of LA counterculture in the Hollywood Hills. And, um, and, um, Shirley Clark, who's another sort of legendary underground filmmaker who was in New York but then came to UCLA to teach, she kind of plays Agnes Varda making a film about these characters. So it's kind of got this kind of meta quality. Yeah. That's so great. I mean, I love films about making films, so it's, it's like ticking all sorts of boxes. Oh, my goodness. But um, anyway, Viva Hoffman, who's Gabby Hoffman's mum, is a sort of central character, and she's this kind of wafty goddess. I didn't know she was an actress. Yeah. Jesus. She, so Gabby Hoffman's mum, Viva, she's a Warhol superstar. Oh, Viva from the Warhol scene? That's Gabby yes. Hoffman's yes. mom. Wait, and who's her dad? Uh, this actor. Okay. I, I'm a bit, I think that's ha hazy. Okay. I can't remember exactly, but it, it was an actor. Okay. So she and plays... Because there's all that... Oh, is that... Because Alex 
order is Viva's oldest daughter. So Alex is coming with Viva to talk about the film and that uh, period of her life. And that, you know, uh, Alex is... Alex who? Alex is Gabby's older sister. Oh. She's coming and she's also fascinating and brilliant. And she's this kind of a... Uh, Dadaist yoga iconoclast who kind of wails on the wellness industry whilst being a yoga teacher, but in this surreal and hilarious way, like the New York Times just did a write up on her. But she's fantastic, and so she's coming with Viva because basically, what was what blew my mind? I really want to show this film. I love this film. She, Viva Hoffman, this goddess, naked 90% of the film is living without consequence in this beautiful house in the Hollywood Hills with her two male lovers. How have I not seen this movie? I can't believe it. the men just basically go around adoring her. That's my dream. You're my cream puff. You're like two cream puffs. You're like the sun in the morning. You're like the moonlight at night. They just like adore her. And then they kind of waft around trying to find meaning in their lives. And maybe they borrow (laughs) some children and they're like... borrow some children. (laughs) Children's the answer. And then she has this great line, which is my favorite line ever. They're like... She has these these kids that's kind of just causing havoc and they're like, to entertain them, do we have to bore ourselves? <laughs> that is great. Oh, my God. It makes me feel good that I have not yet had a child. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot. Yeah. Um, you forgot to have a child? Yeah. Is that what you meant? Yeah. You forgot? Okay. <laughs> I think 44 and I'm like, oopsies. Oh, oh. oh God. That's a whole other conversation. But we'll have that off air. Yeah. We'll have that off air. Because I'm... I'm uh, a short convo. I just forgot. I forgot too. I was like, oh my God, I've, been, I've just been busy. It's okay though to forget. I think I kind of forgot and then I woke up at this age and I'm like, uh oh. I think if I forgot, maybe it's best. Maybe it's <laughs> best. Oh God, we'll continue this after. Okay, keep going. <laughs> so, yeah, so anyway, but I was, I fell in love with that. But then I was like, I'll just find out. I, to be honest, I assumed that maybe this star, this fantastic star of this film, might not still be alive. You know, I mean, a lot of people aren't from that era. Yeah. Oh, she's alive. She paints watercolors in Palm Springs. She does. Wait, what's her name? Viva Hoffman. Oh, Viva. Yeah. Oh, so this is your finding her. Finding yeah, Viva. And I found her on, on like LinkedIn. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Look at all this work you've done to find all these incredible, cool <laughs> and people. And then I realized that friends of friends knew Alex and blah, blah, blah. So I, I couldn't have ever dreamt that it would spiral into Viva actually being there with Alex. And that's so exciting. But then on the other hand... We have these amazing women from... There's a movement called the LA Rebellion. What? I've not even heard of this movement. See, this is... So many cinephiles I know have never heard of this. Yeah, what is but this? But it's getting a little bit of... Um, traction? More traction, a bit more recognition now because the Broad's doing The Soul of the Nation and uh, Arts and Practices, the, the gallery, did a whole retrospective of the LA Rebellion. Wait, where's Arts and Practices? It's kind of like more south. More south. Is it near... Um, what do you call it? Near... West Adams, I want to say. West I mean, Adams. my geography's terrible. I'm, this is great. I'm just going to write all this down. Okay. <laughs> You're really inspiring me to go see more um, art. Okay, keep going. So, LA Rebellion was a movement sort of started in the 60s, kind of after the Watts riots, etc. And it was a collection of kind of African and African-American and, you know, people of color that were at UCLA. Um, they were experiencing racism within that institution they you know they felt like UCLA didn't really want them there and it was the first generation of people of color go, attending UCLA yeah. and they kind of banded together and 
um, started to make films that would um, push back against these kind of negative and stereotypical representations that people call it from Hollywood, you know, the sort of black exploitation, pimps and blah, blah, blah. And in doing that, you know, to try and kind of, ex, you know, um, extricate yourself from a system where you're, comp- you're consistently negatively um, represented, 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 Rep- represented, you're represented. Good. Yes, yes. Um, it's almost like you really need to rewrite the book because you're trying to step outside of a system. So they made over sort of generations of students. Uh, informing new generations of students this incredible body of work kind of uh, preceding like Afrofuturism and all these different ideas exploring identity and um, and, and exploring filmmaking um, this incredible body of work that really kind of steps outside the conventional kind of canon of Hollywood and and uh, you know just tries to reimagine cinema so it's this fantastic legacy plain oh it's um, fine it's fine it adds texture and yeah, and finally, it's kind of being brought back into like the history of kind of Los Angeles filmmaking, where it should very rightfully be. And we have uh, a number of the women of the LA Rebellion joining us, showing their films and oh, telling wow. us about that whole era. That's on Saturday or Sunday? That's on Saturday. On yeah. Saturday. Tell me more about Saturday and Sunday. And then we've got, uh, and then after that, Alex Prager's uh, premiering her new short film, yeah. West Coast premiere of her new short film, which is a kind of. A kind of fanciful. Have you seen it already? You've seen everything, probably, right? I have seen. Oh it, my yeah. god! Wait, is uh, isn't Riley Keough in it? Riley Keough's in it. Yeah. yeah, and it's almost kind of like a kind of fanciful kind of. It's almost that starts as almost like a psychogeography of LA, and then and then becomes a kind of a dream. I was in the shoot for all the stills. Oh, it's beautiful. For, I haven't seen any of them yet, though. I think it opens in New York. And I'm oh like yeah, gonna, I'm yeah. Like they're, they're premiering it. They're doing the East Coast premiere like this week. Oh. Oh, yeah, it's September already. How did that happen? Oh, Unbelievable. All right. Okay, so All sorts of things, yeah. So we've got stuff like that, and then we've got... Um, Janixa, is she speaking on Saturday Janixa's or Sunday? Janixa's speaking on Saturday as well. It's jam-packed. Jam-packed? So we do, we're do. screening Botrevi because... What's that? Oh, Botrevi is a Claire Denis movie. It's this exquisite um, meditation on masculinity that is... It's almost like a kind of wordless film I mean there is dialogue but hardly it's almost like a ballet of a film about um, uh, these two kind of egos in the French foreign legion but in the kind of you know the the faltering days of colonialism so in a way that sort of stands in for like this kind of uh, kind of crumbling kind of last days of traditional masculinity or something and the the jealousy between these two characters kind of they kind of destroy each other, but done in spoiler this, alert. Oh my god! Okay, I feel like you get a little bit of a sense from maybe frame one. They're not going to fall in love and walk into the sunset. Um, but the ending will still surprise. You seem so happy and invigorated. Like you're so passionate. It's like I want what you have. This is great. You're just well, like tell you how. spilling Join over us on the mountain, uh, September twentieth. <laughs> September 20th to September 22nd in Idlewild. This sounds, I mean, I mean, how long has it, has it taken you to get this oh my going? God. And every day must be filled with, with organizing everything. We've been planning, planning it for... How long? I think 
couple of years in a way, in some shape or form, and definitely for a good year. I mean, it's, you know, we have never done anything like this before. So it's definitely, and we didn't have anyone on our team that was like, this is how you do this. Now I know how to do it. Oh, wow. But it's exciting. You walk through it. Two weeks. So it's now I've suddenly like, oh, I know how we should have done this. <laughs> and tickets are still available? Oh, yeah. You have to, if you go to uh, WootiGoesIdawild.com, which is com. Snap up your ticks. Oh, my goodness. And if you want to see everything, is it possible to see everything? Are there things going on at multiple Sometimes times? There are two, on Saturday, we have two things going on. At the same time? on Sunday, but... You can all, you know, you can pretty but much. Friday is just one thing. Sunday night is just one thing. But we do have like, you've got an option. You got Saturday. an option. It's like going to a music festival. You got to make a choice. You go, what do you want to do? What do you want to see? That's exactly how we imagined it. We were like, can we do a music festival for cinema? Yeah. That was our whole but, idea. But Sundance, that happens at Sundance too, or certain movies or, oh, of course, any you know, festival. any kind of festival. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously the difference with this festival is it's not a submissions festival in the sort of traditional sense. It's oh, yeah. not an industry event. It's like we curated it. It's a beautiful curated experience. It's the inside of our minds. I love it. This is so special. <laughs> and, so we don't, we, and then on Sunday night, we've got the 20th, we're celebrating the 20th anniversary of Boys Don't Cry with oh. Kimberly Pierce, the director. Is she going to be there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. And she's going to tell us all about uh, how the making of it and how the legacy of that film and how it's chiming with this current moment. Um, Chloe from Free the Bid, which is another great organization that celebrates women filmmakers and is a great kind of resource. Uh, And she's a woman with a trans experience. She's going to be talking to Kimberly about the making of that film and how it resonates with this current moment. Because, I mean, how fascinating is that journey from when she made that film to now now in terms of uh, how far that movement has come. Yeah. Um, So I think that's going to be fascinating. What's the conversation Janix is having on a panel with who? Janix is on a panel called Women Do Men, and uh, that's kind of coming off the back of Beau Travai, about the really fun, interesting fascinating nuanced films that women may have made about kind of masculinity and the male ego yeah which is kind of a pet favorite of mine because i just think women make such brilliant films about men why because another plane going over but that's okay more texture for the podcast well a i don't think there may you know it's it's not the reverse of the way men make films about women because women don't use men as symbols it's more Oh. about the internal. it's almost like they take the jigsaw apart and manage to sort of or the engine apart and they seem to be fascinated and very good at figuring out all the different parts and how they're put together i guess maybe because women have had to observe and decode men forever yeah that they're very skilled at it and I think that they're not a lot of um, uh, a lot of mainstream cinema is all about justifying bad behavior or you know male ego driven behavior. I mean, look at Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, that's like the male ultimate bad behavior. Did guy you like that movie, movie or no? 
<laughs> you don't have to say. I no. just think it's like a really weird time to triple down on the most damaging myth, most dangerous myth in kind of in American mythology that badly behaved white dudes will come and save us. Because I think it's pretty apparent that they won't. Oh, that's interesting. I haven't even heard that take on it. I've heard a lot of other people not like it for various reasons. I mean, I watch Brad Pitt take his shirt off all day. Ah! But, um, you know, yeah. but then but that scene even, like when he's like, we're like, yeah, we're watching Brad Pitt take his shirt off. Yeah, it's nice. But also he's portrayed like some sort of, you know, God who's been through all these like, you know, experiences and he has this kind of god's eye view and you know as if as long as we have someone like that we'll be safe but he also probably murdered his wife you know what i mean it's like it's very i don't know i find that premise quite toxic yeah but again enjoyed watching them as actors yeah (laughs) but uh yeah, no, it's true. The way women see men is completely different. Whereas I feel like it's like internalized. Yeah, you're a lot of observing the internalization of like how I'm feeling like as a woman, how I'm feeling about myself uh, in the midst of men or something. You yeah, know what well, I mean? like, it's not like um, it's a different when women make films about men, they're not having to worry about making themselves feel okay. You know, they can just be like, this is what I see yeah, and lay it out there. And I don't mean in any way that it's like, I mean, maybe it is a critique, but it's not in a way that you're sort of saying like, this is a bad person or this is a negative portrayal. It's just interesting and nuanced and layered. And that's when it's really fun. I mean, <laughs> although, you know, I guess uh, uh film Lemon it's probably not like the most flattering portrayal of, of like, men of, of a white man performance ever. Yeah. <laughs> but it is hilarious. But sometimes I just think, uh, I don't know, depending on what I'm watching, I think they're, I don't even know if I'm going to say this right. I'm having a weird <laughs> day. I'm all wobbly in my brain right now, but, uh, that's, you know, like with lemon, she's telling the story about these people. So I just think of them as those specific characters and not, yeah. not speaking to like all, all men or all white men or yeah. whatever. Just, and then you think of like, you know, and it's so interesting when, when people don't like, because uh, I know on TV and in movies, people, people don't like having uh, unlikable female characters. Mm. But then it's like, why? Like, I mean, the, the, all we do is show these unlikable male yeah. characters where you make them like these badass, like yeah. whatever. But there are unlikable people in real life all the time. Or there are people with like, who are multifaceted with so many different layers where it's like you can be a really lovable, wonderful person with great intentions in one situation. And then that same person yeah. is horrible to another person because of who knows what's running them. Insecurities, fear, their childhood, triggers, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Well, I guess my pet hate is um, um, that's, you know, sort of masqueraded as a kind of new feminism, which it's a quasi-feminism, I suppose, is when you have, we've got an unlikable woman character, like, kudos, but then they get, they have to be saved Saved by a nice man. Oh, yeah. Um, that I find quite irritating. Yeah. Then they just, if they could just... Um, leave her unlikable and just, leave her alone. Yeah, if they could just, <laughs> if, this, if this kind of transgressive woman could just get smart enough to realize that this very nice and normal person is willing to overlook their, their uh, craziness enough to just 
be nice to them. They should just accept their love and, you know, and settle down. And then they would they would have a much more fulfilling life, like Trainwreck or that series Love. Or you know. I never finished Love. I mean, that whole sort of premise. I mean, he's not a very lovable character, but, you know, uh, you know oh. that whole premise that really we just really need the love of a good man. The interesting thing is uh, I was talking to a, a well, I don't like this phrase, female filmmaker, but whatever. I mean, like, you know, a filmmaker who's a woman. Yeah. Uh, and I was talking to her about, about a script that we both read. And uh, at the end of the script that we're both talking about, uh, the woman doesn't choose the man like the man wants to be with her mm. she is unlikable she is really fucked up the guy wants to be with her and she just chooses n- nobody like not the shitty guy not the nice guy she just wants to be by herself and then talking to this filmmaker who may or may not be speaking at your uh, at your festival she was like no i don't like that ending at all because you're watching a movie and you want hope and and you want to feel like you know and love is hopeful, and, and at the end of the day, everybody wants to be loved and seen and understood. I love the face you're making right now. You're like, what? Ew. No, they don't. <laughs> but it was just interesting because I was like, I was like, oh, no, I think this is so great and brave. And it's like and maybe at this point in this woman's life in the script, she's just like not – she's choosing herself. She's going to go off on her own. Yeah, and then, and then talking to the other... And then I actually agree with her. I went, you know what? You're right, because when I'm watching... And I'm, I'm going to say some fucked up shit that, isn't, that won't gel with your brilliant mind of knowing about all these things, but I'll, I'll be like, yeah, you're right. When I watch Bridget Jones, I do want her to be saved. I do want, I do want her and with, with the boring, stoic British guy to love her and have that work out. Because I'm, at the end of the day, I'm just a girl <laughs> standing in front of a guy <laughs> asking them to love me. I so, mean, I love a happy ending, but... Um, but life is brutal. I think showing an ending where someone's happy and independent and self-sufficient does give people hope. You're so that is such a great point because maybe if I had watched enough of those movies when I was younger, I wouldn't have such a hard time in a in, my, in, in, a, in a healthy relationship. Uh, no, I wouldn't have so I wouldn't be so codependent. I wouldn't be. I'd, I'd be able to be. Well, I've been on my own. This is a long story. A and longer a story. There's a lot of different types of you know. He- I mean, codependency is a weird word, but, you know, celebrating other kinds of relationships as well. There are other... What are you talking about? <laughs> what? What do you mean? Unpack that. <laughs> um, we're talking friendship. Oh, yeah, friendship. Yes. Um, and, you know, some... some so you could say that maybe just the romantic ending or the like and then they have the kid or whatever maybe that's just lazy because yeah the ending that's is always going to be cute but to, if you're really smart then you can do a happy ending where they don't end up together but that's just much harder I mean if you think I mean this is like obviously this. a controversial topic to bring up this podcast is controversial say See? if you're talking like well I mean it's Annie Hall for example oh yeah that is a spectacularly great ending that they where oh, yeah. they don't get together. They don't. Oh, my God. I didn't even think of it that way. You're so right. So there is... It, it certainly can be done. And if you can get there, then maybe that's the most satisfying of all because it's much more real and it oh. means you don't depend on someone else oh in a God. positive way. And it's not even about depending on someone else. It's uh, 
Well, yeah, that's a takeaway, but also because the fact then that if you aren't in a romantic relationship, does that really give you hope that you have to depend on someone else for your own happiness? No. Or also the sort of prevalence of like you always there always has to be like if it's like something mother related that or someone needs you know the whole thing of having to have a child to finish this film kind of thing that can actually be unpleasant for a lot of people wait what do you mean having to have a child you we're know, getting too like, cozy on the well, couch that's another kind of ending you know it's like another happy ending and then they have the kid or whatever yeah sometimes you're like maybe it'd be nice to have the film where they don't have the kid yeah you know what i mean it's just then like, you and i are watching it being like hey we forgot to have a so kid about forgetting them. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and it's not like it's not like you don't enjoy yeah like romantic films or like happy endings in the traditional sense it's just nice to have other things so you're not being hammered over the head by the same thing all the time That's like so, so you don't feel like a freak if you don't conform oh god now i can't believe that i forgot the ending of annie hall even though we're not really supposed to ever talk about woody allen ever again how dare you i can't believe it but really quickly i do want to it's a great ending it is such a great that is such a i'm separate yeah we needed the eggs we We needed needed the eggs oh my god yeah and then when you watch that movie anybody who's been in in a relationship who's tried one who's gone through all the stuff if you're in one or out of one you just feel that on oh, your stomach, the pun- that brutal thing where it's like, oh, to go through that war, that beautiful thing where it's so beautiful and then it's over and then your heart aches and you think of the person that you were with and what you learned and you're glad you're not with them anymore. But at the same time, you're like, wow, that happened. It I've happened. Grown. I've grown and that happened and we matter to each other and now we never talk, but it happened. The character development is, is the growth. Oh, oh the char- in real life too? One hopes. <laughs> the, oh, say that again. The character. Well, you know, because he was like, the character development doesn't have to be the fact that they've, this final moment. It's more subtle in that you can see that the, they've, there's been an evolution, but it doesn't have to be marked, you know, With in such together. a kind of, you know, concrete, you know, you don't have to be hit on the head with it. Like, the, and now they achieved the, the ultimate the of char- coupling. The character development is the growth, we hope. Oh, that's so great. That's true. It'd be great if I was like, and I also, uh, I'm pregnant. Oh, <laughs> God, right now. Well, you look way too svelte. I would never believe it. Um, God. With ideas. With ideas and goals. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And ambition and drive. Um, oh, my goodness. Did you read the thing today on Twitter about something or other oh, about Scarlett Johansson? Talking I about Woody not. Allen, I just I didn't click on it. I didn't read it, but it was like she came to his defense and says that she talked to him about to it. To defense, to Woody Allen's defense. Um, you got to keep this mic by your mouth, or else I'm going to miss oh, yeah. stuff. Um, it was when you said Woody Allen, my mic. You're like just dr- drifted away. You're like I like Annie Hall, but we can't talk about this. Um, yeah, so I got to read that article about her uh, in defense of him. I just want to hear what she says, or you know, read about it. It'd be interesting. Hello. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a sad, uh, it's, 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 it's it. a sad loss of innocence, isn't it? That uh, so many, you know, to see the real kind of, to see the reality behind so much of the things that we love is is pretty heartbreaking but obviously more heartbreaking for people who've been in those situations 
Yeah. Still a great ending. <laughs> Make me laugh. I know. It's okay to laugh at dark, uncomfortable, weird, weird things in my podcast. Um, well, tell me more things I need to know about this exciting event. It's only, two, it's only two and a half hours. Oh, my God. Yeah, you drive up, and we've got a whole kind of carpool thing going, so you drive up two and a half hours. And what's kind of nice is, like, as you escape the city, you're like, city, 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 and then you go up this twisty, windy road that only leads to, only leads to Idlewild. Is it scary? Oh, no. well, well, I might drive up on my own. It's a little bit scary when you're driving at night. If you, if you want to drive back on your own, I mean, personally, it's go not that morning. scary, but, you know... I'm very scared very easily. I'm not, I'm not a great driver, so... But, uh, you know, in the middle of the night on your own, it could be a bit spooky, spooky. Yeah. But um, it's... It's a two-and-a-half-hour drive, and then, you know, you get yourself, like, a little cabin. You know, they're really cheap and, like, so cosy and, like, you know, exactly how you would imagine the kind of, you know, uh, California Redwood Forest yeah. cabin vibe. You can get some and writing sh- done. What's that? You can go up there and get oh, some writing that's exactly done. What Kimberly Pierce is doing. She's like, I'm going to come up a couple of days early. Yeah. Do some writing. Oh my God. Um, she's taking a little, she's having a little break. I was like, I'm so flattered that you're kind of anchoring this whole trip around our festival. And, um, and then uh, on Sunday, we've got all kinds of really, uh, well, actually also on Saturday, Flux. I don't know if you've ever heard of Flux. They do this great thing at the Hammer where it's all these, diff- it's basically the best of new music videos. Oh, uh, I get these emails all the time. Oh, they're so great. And okay, they, good. Um, but the, obviously these ones are all directed by women and some of the directors are coming. And oh, on Saturday night, outdoors at the amphitheater, we're screening Wayne's World. I can't wait. I saw that movie eight times in the theater when I was little. It was my favorite movie. It's going to be so fun. So Tia Carrera's coming. She is? Yes. Bury the lead, why don't you? Jesus Christ, I can't believe it. We're going to get our sofa out and like... Chatted up as the sun sets, and then oh my uh, god, then Wayne's World, and then we've got um, yes, yeah, Sunday's action past sexy bees for Planned Parenthood are coming, and we're talking about coming of age. Oh my god, we got on Sunday morning, there's with the beautiful Nana Garner, who's this uh, fantastic actress, and Vivian Bang, who was just in that great um, rom com. What was it called? It was like it was it was nice because it was like a rom-com with an Asian cast and we never see it and it was on Netflix and the name's escaping me. Uh, Keanu Reeves was in it. Oh, yes. Uh, it's about... It was hilarious. Yes. Okay. Keanu Reeves plays She's himself. She's the girlfriend that gets to... Uh, spoil, don't spoil the movie. I haven't seen it yet. Keanu time. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> Keanu Reeves is hilarious in it. He is? Oh my god. Dude, does everybody have a crush on Keanu Reeves now? Because I hear that he, yeah, don't you? I think it's more like a deeper love. A deeper love. But, especially after that film, because I don't think I'd laugh that hard, especially at Keanu Reeves, for for a hot minute. Yeah. I, uh, I have such a crush on him. He kind of plays himself, but like a ridiculous version of it. Yeah. Which is quite funny. I just watched all the John Wick movies, which probably goes against everything you stand for. But There's I, definitely I just, more jokes than John Wick. Definitely more jokes than John I Wick. Mean, I, yeah. I've Have you ever seen, seen a John Wick movie? I hadn't either, but I thought, you know what? Keanu Reeves is in a movie. I want to see John Wick 3. I haven't seen the first two. Uh, I want to, you know, I want to watch all of them. Because I'm sure I wouldn't have been able to understand John Wick 3 had I not seen the first two. But, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
but I watched them all and they're actually fantastic. They're so fun and exciting and ridiculous and just like super, I just love movies. I love, I'll see everything. I just love movies. And I need to get on a plane and watch a John Wick movie. Yeah. I'll be like crying. If you love dogs, if you love dogs, you'll love John Wick 1. It's basically a man just fighting, uh, you know, getting revenge for what they did to his dog. Oh, really? They oh, hurt his little God. cute dog. His I feel like it might annoy me. <laughs> no, no, nothing. But you don't see anything scary happen to the dog, but or, or do you? But, uh, you know, Keanu Reeves is a stoic, broody, tough badass, but he's quiet and his wife died and he's sad about it and he just wants to be left alone with him and his nice dog and these mean guys, this is the, right at the beginning of the movie, they kill his dog and he won't have it and then he just he gets revenge and there's just so many murders in it. I don't think this is for you. I don't think this is the movie for you, but I had a blast watching. I think I like to watch him in the, okay. in the, in the funky rom-com. In the funky rom-com vibe, yeah. Um, but anyway, Vivian Bang who gets to have quality time with Keanu not a spoiler, um, is uh, hosting it. And we're having we're premiering Nana Garner's movie called LA Women Rising. Keep talking. I'm going to take a photo of you while uh, while you're podcasting with your cute okay, dog. Should I like... No. Oh, yeah. Do it ever. Shape? No. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> and it's a documentary about uh, 50 women in Los Angeles waking up and being interviewed at their the moment they wake up. And it's this fascinating kind of account of life in Los Angeles. And we're premiering it on Sunday morning in our pajamas. We'll be giving out, like, breakfast nibbles. and Breakfast nibbles! We're basically... Uh, it's our innovation is the premiere or premiere in pajamas. I'm dating a British guy, so I can figure this out. Hi, don't worry. Premiere in pajamas. Premiere, hi. <laughs> Come to the festival. Um, which you thought would be a nice way to start a Sunday. Just kind of roll on in, because it's all walking distance. So just, you know, come in what you're wearing, yeah. roll out there, and let's, let's God, I got to come up. Dog. I got to get a cute uh, pair Set. of pajamas. Nice yeah. Set. Really get nice. Flannels. Get my flannel, something cozy. It's stylish. Effortlessly I imagine chic. you're more in a kind of like 60s negligee. You know what? I have a million of them. I wear tons of them all the time. I have a, so many slips, and then I also have like silk robes. Over them, and I lounge. Lots of loungewear. I'm not wearing that to the festival. It's just because. Uh, Feel free. I want, but I want to be cozy. I want to be, uh, you know. But to be negligent in a negligee. I don't <laughs> want to be negligent in a negligee. God damn it! But yeah, I'm gonna rent a car. Yeah, come up on Friday. Try to see all, every single thing, and, and then we'll, you get there, and you'll get like a pamphlet of all the stuff yeah. going on. Yeah, and the the uh, the schedule's up online now, so you can see when everything's on and what you want to come and see. Okay, so at. Wooty, W-U-T-I, which has the U-T-I bits, unfortunate. That's but, okay. Uh, goes Idlewild. <laughs> That's how you can remember it. If you have a U-T-I, it's easy to remember. That's all I ever... W. I always get U-T-I, so it's great. W-U-T-I goes Idlewild. I-D-Y-L-L wild. Amazing. Dot com. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah, the sketch is up. Check it out. Get your cabin. Follow you on Instagram at so it's Woody. The Instagram is also Woody Goes Idlewild. And then what's the other one? Women under the influence. But we just just go to the fest. It's just all go to about the fest. It's all about the fest. This is so exciting. Community around culture, sharing and just being out of our comfort zone and meeting people we wouldn't normally meet across a really broad age range, different types of perspectives and lifestyles all mingling together on a mountain i'm into I'm, it I, we're also uh, quickly to mention but on friday night i'm excited we have our like welcome kind of cocktail reception with some very chic 
partners, Refinery29 and Yola Mezcal. Oh, my God. And Sexy Beast for Planned Parenthood. And we're having it at the Idlewild American Legion. Oh, my God. Wait, what is Sexy Beast, though? I don't understand. Sexy Beast is a beautiful organization that raises money for Planned Parenthood LA. Oh, they raise money for Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Okay, because I didn't understand. Yeah, um, and they do these fantastic events and great comedians, and they're great. But I love that basically all of these groups do these very chic events, yeah. traditionally, you know, and... We're going to be at the Idlewild American Legion, you know, with the vets and just, you know, building bridges, not walls and having a great time. I love this. And so if you buy a ticket to the festival, does it enable you to go to all the everything? everything? Yeah, yeah. Even these parties and for yeah, the sexy beasts? Oh, yeah. my God. There's no like VIP or anything. That's not that's not the spirit of the fest. It's oh, just, my God. You get your ticket and then everything is there for you. I can't wait. OK, well, I got to get my car rental under control. I got to get my cottage, my cabin. And uh, we'll car share you up. I love it. Okay. I mean, is there any stone I have not? Uh, I don't want to leave a stone. Any stone unturned. Right. Anything that I'm not, that we're not. Uh, it just sounds like a beautiful weekend where to get yeah, inspired. We've got, like, oh, we've got Emma Roberts is coming. Cause she she uh, has her book club with Cara Priest called Bellatrice, celebrating, you know, life reading off screen, actual books. And, um, they're doing an event on Sunday interviewing uh, Claire Evans, who's from the band Yacht. And she wrote this amazing book called Broadband, which is about the women who created the internet. Oh and God. they're interviewing her. There's just a lot of cool stuff. A lot of cool stuff. I feel like I'm going to go there. I'm going to get a lot of writing done. I'm going to feel extremely inspired. I'm going to take a break from the writing, go see a movie, go see a short film that I never knew existed, yeah. get even more inspired, go back to my cabin. Yeah, Continue. see Barbara Koppel even. Barbara Koppel, legend of documentary filmmaking, oh double Oscar winning documentary filmmaker. She's showing her new film. How much are tickets? It's $195. Not bad. Uh, for the weekend. And it's $85 for a day. I love it. That's totally possible. You're providing so many exciting things. And, and you're supporting the arts. Community. And when you get your ticket, you support the arts. You support, like, you know, another year of this festival, we hope. Yeah. But, uh, well, thank you for putting in the time to not only tell me about it on this podcast and all my listeners, but also for getting all this shit together. That's <laughs> unbelievable. It's so much work. And what, what, what does that, does it leave time for anything else or what else have you been doing? Because um, you're a director in your own. You yeah, already I see. I remember that I was a director. You are a director. You are. But like, do, do you ever like, do you have to remind yourself like, okay, I'm doing all this stuff and I'm, uh, you know, bringing awareness to movies and, and cinema. I'm and excited to do directing after September. <laughs> yeah. And what are you most excited to get into? Um, I'm working on a documentary, but I don't want to kind of do the jinxing, but we started it, but it's not signed off. Okay. So I feel weird. Like, no, no, no. But if it all goes ahead, it's going to be amazing. It's about an amazing woman, female DJ who is just so fun and such a legend. And it'd be really exciting to bring that kind of voice to the sort of DJ bro sort of, you know, world story. Um, so I'm very excited about that, and it would be fantastic to dive into that post fest. But oh my god, you're so busy! How do you balance everything? Do you wake up at like five in the morning, six in the morning? What time do you go to sleep? Do you have cocktails ever? Or do you not drink? I uh, I wish I could say any of them, 
I don't know. I don't know how we're doing it right now. Yeah. Because now, you know, I can't, I can't be a mollusk. I have to go and see everyone to remind them that in two weeks they've got to be on a mountain with me. Yeah. So I can't uh, hibernate. There's been some hibernating. There's been some hibernating. But the hibernating is over. We're going into full promo mode. Holy shit. All right. Well, I hope <laughs> that I did my part getting the word out. Thanks I can't wait. To- so much for um, having us. It's just lovely to see you Lovely again. to see you too. Good. Share some time with you. Thank you for coming over to my place. Thank you for bringing your cute little doggy, Minky. All right. Okay. <laughs> to catch a glimpse of Minky, you'll have to check him out on my Instagram page and my stories. Anyway, well, thank you for being on the podcast, everybody. Thank you. Run, don't walk to the Wooty Goes Idlewild Festival uh, coming up September 20th. And uh, we're out of here. Bye.